0: Welcome to Happy Hour with the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Ball, Mackenzie Blue, Dina Siriano. It's Friday, it's 5 o'clock, and we're doing something a little different today. We are all drinking the same beverage. We are drinking uh, Mad Elf for our Christmas Mm -hmm. theme. This is part two of our holiday special. You ladies have your beverages, correct?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Poured ready. Let me say, though, so one of us is... Has drank this many a time. One of us has had this once before, and one of us is very new to this. Can you guess (laughs) guess who throughout the episode?
0: (laughs) All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, we're gonna drink these, and uh, we're gonna do the show. And I want to get the full report towards the end of the show. Does that sound good? Instead of trying to do it all Mm -hmm. now, this way, because that first sip could be a little tricky. You know, then maybe by the end of it, you're feeling a different <laughs> way. So let's just drink them, talk about it at the end. How's that sound?
1: Sounds good. Sounds great. Well,
0: we'll give it a shot. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, happy uh, happy happy hour. Cheers, Cheers. ladies.
1: Cheers. Uh oh, Ken's a silent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I have to save my review. I don't okay. want to well, give anything true. away. Uh, we
0: could give we we, <laughs> we could do a little little teaser right now. So. You know, up to this point, we have been going back and forth with Mackenzie (laughs) and her hop knowledge, right? So, because all of her beers were had usually had some kind of hop in the title, and she wasn't sure if she liked hops, she wasn't even sure what they were for a a brief moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, just give us like initial impressions, Mackenzie.
2: Okay. I would also say that I didn't know what hops were for way longer than a brief moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was to cover for you. <laughs> thanks appreciate it um first impressions it's very smooth so i think this a hundred percent cleared up what hops are for me
0: okay yeah I and mean, because that hoppy flavor is is that real bitter um that real bitter taste is what we were trying to describe in the past right and and this is like really low hops i would
2: say mm-hmm. yeah and i um I think, like I said, it's very smooth, and it's it the aftertaste is not what I assumed because I think I'm used to hops, and hops has a very different aftertaste. Like I assumed that something was gonna happen, and it didn't. It stayed smooth. You know what I mean? What <laughs> <laughs> does that not make sense to anyone? That's great. No, that's okay. great.
0: I know exactly what you were thinking. You you were saying that that face that you make when when you have something that's horrible, which is the, those really hoppy beers you've you've been drinking up <laughs> to this point, you won't have that angry face on. Right now, you might have like a hmm, like a pleasant right. face.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <It's> just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. DNA, and I didn't even your... <laughs> know that I could drink beer without an angry face on. You know. See that? See? <laughs> See? Look at that.
0: Episode fourteen. <laughs> Mackenzie learned she can enjoy beer.
2: Only took us quarantine and months of practice. Yeah, I mean,
0: what's your thoughts, Dean?
2: Um, so
1: I mean, this is my second glass of Mad Elf in my life, um, and I really like it. The thing about it that everyone should know is it is eleven percent, mm-hmm. right? And I had my first glass on thanksgiving watching the dog show early in the early on and on thanksgiving day and i was hammered like <laughs> <laughs> there's an all i'm gonna say is there's a meme and bill i know you saw this meme it's drake in the kitchen playing air guitar drinking something out of a red solo cup while everyone else is cooking i was drake <laughs>
2: Yeah, And Mary was cooking
1: and I was completely useless, but it's a really good, really good beer, smooth, um, tasty, you know, Christmassy. I like it.
0: Um, all right. So we're going to continue drinking these, uh, throughout the show. Um, and then we'll, we'll get to our, our final analysis at the end.
1: Joining us now is a a good friend of mine. Um, and my go-to lender, Ashley Michio from Movement Mortgage. What's up, Ash?
3: Hi, how are you?
0: Hey Ashley.
3: Hi. So
1: um, I'm so excited that you're here with us because uh, I you know, I feel like you know, you're, you're kind of like my other half when I'm dealing with a buyer and you, you know you swoop in and you, you, you guys do so much behind the scenes. and um, I'm sure you have a lot of stories and you know uh, good and bad. and I know you're slammed right now. And so we want Bill and I wanted to bring you on and like pick your brain about, um, you know what your your business has been like the past year with COVID and everything like that. And um, I know Bill's Bill's got some friends all over the country who have bought and sold property this past year, and you know, um, right, Bill, like they've been going through it one way or the other. I,
0: I was te- I was telling um Dina and uh, Mackenzie a story about a friend of mine. Who lives in Houston, And he he was having this brutal time trying to close on his property recently, and um, he's pretty well qualified. And he was having this nightmare of a time with the mortgage, and he would call me to vent, of course, right, because I'm I'm a realtor and I'm his, his buddy. So it just it just got me to thinking that um, what I think one of the problems he was running into was. Um, expectations. Okay. And then setting expectations, setting expectations from the jump, which is what we try to do. Um, Mm -hmm. but if those expectations, anytime there's a, there's, there's something that goes wrong in a deal. Um, it usually comes back to, well, I didn't realize that was going to happen or I didn't realize that was part of the process or it all comes back to expectations. So we wanted to bring you on and just talk a little bit about, kind of like an overview of what buyers should expect, um, with the mortgage process. So like, obviously we're not going to get into every little detail, but just the overview of, uh, you know, what they're going to encounter, because I mean, Dina, you could probably, um, tell me if this a true too, but mm-hmm. I find that most of the time the mortgage portion is kind of like an afterthought for the buyer. So they start looking online, they find houses, they might play around with a mortgage calculator just to get an idea of down payment and what their monthly is going to be. But that's pretty much it. And then they really don't speak to all in there until we're out there and we see the house that they like. And uh, they make the call that night when I'm trying to write the offer.
1: <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, the, the wrong way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So why don't we just start with what can a buyer expect on that first phone call? So, if just for the pre-approval, like what what information are you trying to get from a buyer on that pre-approval phone call?
3: Yeah, it, you know, my conversations have definitely changed from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Um, I used to most of the time, I you know, I would get to know the client even before I do the pre-approval. I want to get to know like their goals, what they're looking to do, to to kind of see what is their best fit for a type of mortgage. Um, Lately, you know, it's been the conversations are more so surrounded by COVID. And there are so many guidelines that are changing consistently. And guidelines are what we have to use, basically, off what the federal government tells us. So, you know, us as a lender, you know, it's hard because everything we've known for thus far is changing and changing every month and every day. So, you know, sometimes I'm talking to a client and they could be a completely salaried, um, you know, W2 regular everyday person. And I'm asking, was there any amount of time that you were out for COVID even one day? Are you working 40 hours, no matter what? Um, you know, has your income changed due to COVID? Um, Have they taken away any bonuses due to COVID? Um, So there have been a lot more different conversations going on, but majority of the time, you know, I like to pre-underrate someone before I even see their documents. And I wanna ask all the difficult questions. And, you know, I tell everyone, I need to know everything. If you give me everything, we can find a way to work around things because although you might not see something as a problem, it could be. And, you know, everyone says all the time, you know, you're asking me for everything. And I'm like, well, you're borrowing a good chunk of money. So we want to make sure, you know, you meet all of the federal guidelines to pay it back. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at everything under the sun uh, to make sure that they are qualified. The biggest thing right now is, is income. And depending on which type of a loan it is, you know, if there's any changes, it's so different. Um, so, before I even write a pre-approval anymore, I'm usually asking everyone to show me their pay stubs, um, show me, you know, their last two years of returns. If they're self-employed, you know, do you have any dips in in your income this year? Was it affected at all? Um, self-employed is a little tough, and it just got tougher at the beginning of this month. But, you know, I'm pretty good with self-employed and and the profit and loss statements. But there are a lot more. I don't want to say difficulties, but a few more hurdles that you have to kind of go through with everything with COVID. But then there's also some, some great parts too, um, that have come out of it, you know, as far as like electronic signing and that becoming significantly easier um, at the settlement table. And then also with appraisals, they've been doing, you know, desktop appraisals where they're just using the pictures online. So even though so many different people are overwhelmed right now with just the amount of volume coming in, there's some parts that have definitely eased up as well. So, you know, I don't wanna say that it's all bad. There's good and bad with everything. I just think that when I have that conversation with everyone, you know, I always tell first, you know, any of my real estate agents, please, I'm begging you give me over 30 days to get this done. You know, before I used to be able to finish alone in two weeks. Um, and right now it's just next to impossible just because of, you know, title searches taking a little longer with counties closed and then the appraisal part and getting the appraisers out there because they're also overwhelmed. Um, so You know, I can do 30 days. It's definitely gotten a little easier as my company has brought on more employees. But, you know, 45 days to at least give us some time to get everything done. And I tell the client up front, you need to give me everything. Um, You know, we don't have time for delays because the underwriters are overwhelmed and we want to submit this file as clean as possible so that it can go smoothly. But I try my best to, you know, any issue that's there. I want to look at it up front so that we can address it before it gets in front of the underwriter. And then it's a scramble at the end to try and figure it out. Um, I definitely try to, you know, give the expectation. To me, if I can give a terrible expectation of what to expect and then it comes out, you know, quicker, easier, then everyone's happy as a clam. But if I tell them all, it's just going to be a cakewalk gonna be awesome it's not you know um and then everyone's kind of happy at the end because what they thought could have been horrific if I address everything up front this is what could happen this is what could happen then they have a better idea of what to expect and I think that's huge
1: yeah certainly more upfront, the better more transparency Mm -hmm. up front and honesty and uh, the better I mean anytime that's like with us it's like you know, your, our buyer consultation is so crucial mm-hmm. to, to kind of level set people for, you know, what a multiple offer situation could be, what home inspection, um, how to, you know, keep it high level, what to look for, what to prioritize, things like that. Question, do you feel like um, the mobile signing and like desktop appraisals will continue, um, you know, when this is all said and done? Do you feel like it's helped you guys?
3: I think so. I think that the appraisers, are, the appraisals will probably be tough. Um, I have seen, and, and you know, I don't know that a lot of lenders do use these, but I've had like three separate purchase transactions that you know, if depending on the file and you know everything that's kind of going into it, you can get an appraisal waiver. Um, you know, where you don't even need a desktop for a purchase, which used to be unheard of. So that has helped ease up some of the items for the appraisals and even with the refinance boom too, you know, with the rates being so low, so many people were refinancing and that was also pushing a lot of pressure onto the appraisers. So yeah. um, as long as COVID is around, I do think that these desktop appraisals will continue. The mobile signing for my company is set in stone. We're, we're keeping it, it, we're keeping it going forward as much as we can. Um, it's just the items that have to be notarized are the ones that will be, but majority of these documents... I mean, our package went from, I think, 79 pages down to, um, I think, like 24 total, and there's only about 13 signatures, which is such a relief, you know? And especially for, you know, the title companies, when they're going through the packages, now that a lender typically isn't there because of COVID, you know, it it helps ease everything off of them as well.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that, Bill?
0: So... Uh, yeah, I, I know there's a ton of different, you know, hurdles with with COVID, and that was one of the issues that my friend recently ran into because he, his issue was, he said um, he the, the lender actually missed settlement date by maybe a week, and it kept it kept getting delayed. It wasn't, and that, it was just the way it was getting delayed that became so frustrating too. Mm-hmm. But they the, all the, the lender, all, all he gave him as an explanation was, it's because of COVID, it's because of COVID. And my friend was like, he said, uh, well, listen, you pre-approved me during COVID. So my business has only grown. He was an independent contractor, but um, he's like, my business has only gotten better. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and you approved me for a loan 100,000 under. I mean, you approved me for a loan and I'm buying a house a hundred thousand under that, like what is the problem? So what you spoke mm-hmm. to earlier with setting expectation
2: mm-hmm. uh, and
0: give him all giving them all that information up front would would have helped. He would have been okay. Like, he would he money. would have been okay to deal with it if he would have, you know, if if the lender would have spoke to him about what could happen and the delays and that and that type of thing. Um and you did brought you did bring up settlement date. So that that's that's the other um, issue I have right now is is I'd rather have a lender say don't don't write 30 days on the agreement of sale I can't make 30 days I'd rather you tell us you're busy and you you know you need more time because you know and I know that there's very aggressive, lenders out there there's very aggressive everybody mm-hmm. right but but lenders let's just say we're, we're talking about them in particular so like they might say yes just that's fine that's fine that's fine and then get into the deal and it's like i can't do that there's no way I can do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. they think they can and they try to rush it but we rather have you say that's just not Up possible front. give me 45 mm-hmm. days so i haven't wrote i haven't written 30 days since probably 2019 I, I don't even write. try to write 30 days. But I know ideally what you said was you rather sit down with a buyer and talk to them for a while, get all this information, kind of underwrite them a little bit. But let's pretend that can't happen. Let's pretend Dina takes out her client. You didn't get a chance to talk to this client. They want to <laughs> write the offer. They're calling you for a pre-approval. It's 8 o'clock at night. Dina's two whiskeys in by this point. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. So... <laughs>
3: I'm three glasses of wine what? and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we can do this.
0: So, <laughs>
3: I'm like, oh yeah, all day. Yeah, no problem.
0: <laughs> what I want to do is just try to give an overview of what happens on that phone call for mm-hmm. that pre-approval. That first uh, night when they're writing the offer. like, Just give me an idea of what information you're trying to gather for them just to get Dina the pre-approval so she can submit the offer.
3: Um, so it depends, like, obviously on a few different things. But, like, let's think of your general everyday person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was going to say a nurse because, obviously, that's super easy. But right now it's even more of a, a, a fun mess, right? Just, but let's nine, just...
0: two nine-to-fivers. That's, that's, yeah. You know,
3: right. Yeah. Let's just take a, little, uh, a nice little person that sits at their bank all day and they're having a great old time. No one's calling them at night <laughs> um, except <laughs> for me asking them to give me documents. But <clears throat> let's just say, you know, they're saying that they want to get pre-approved. So, you know, I'll go through, I tell them we have to run credit. I usually do it over the phone, right? If we're in a in a situation where we want to make that offer and, you know, let's face it, there's, there's a lot of houses moving quickly. Like I want to go through everything over the phone instead of a back and forth. To me, it's easier to speak to someone um, and just address everything up front rather than there be anything misconstrued. So- you know, I'm going to ask them, how much do you make? How much did you make last year? You know, what's, are you salary? Are you hourly? Did you miss any time for COVID? Is there anything about COVID that we need to know? Um, have you taken any time off? Was there any maternity leave, any unpaid leave? You know, it, if you can bring up your pace up in front of me, what's your year to date look like? I'm I'm pretty nuts um, when it comes to just knowing everything so nothing can go wrong. And then I'll ask them, you know, student loans in particular right now. That's another big thing. So many people were on income-based repayment plans. And um, right now, everyone's in forbearance, um, whether they've requested it or not. So I'm going to ask them. Once I pull their credit and I see that $0 payment, um, I'm gonna say, were you previously on income-based repayment plan? And then if not, I have to qualify them depending on what type of a loan with a certain amount. And then I'm gonna look, if, if there's anything tricky in here with a debt to income being too close or something that I'm unsure of, You know, I'm gonna say, listen, if you want this house, I need you to pull up those pay stubs for me, get them in front of me, I need to know kind of like what's going on, let's work through this. Um, and then once I have everything and I know that, that, you know, what I'm looking at basically in my application system is is pretty dead on and I feel like confident in what I'm writing um and, and what I see, then I'm gonna say, okay, I can issue the pre-approval, but keep in mind I need A, B, C, D, E, F, G by tomorrow, at this time. You know, if I'm putting my name on something, I need to know that it's good to go. Let's start looking at everything and getting everything together. Because if this house doesn't work out, we want to know when the next house comes along that Dina is only calling me and saying, hey, can you shoot me over the pre-approval letter and a cost sheet for this home? And boom, we're done. Um, so just kind of like setting the expectation with that client too, when I talk to them and saying, listen, I know we didn't do this up front, but I'm asking you these questions now, and it might seem like a little tough, but if I don't ask you this and you've fall in love, which you already did on this house and something goes wrong, you're going to hate me because I pre-approved you, but I don't ever want to be the one to break anyone's heart. So let's get these tough conversations over with now.
0: Okay. So yeah, I, that's great. So ideally the more time you have the better. And we all say that, right. But Mm
3: -hmm.
0: what's funny is you mentioned that if you, if you miss this house, um, then we'll start working on the next one. But sometimes there's a fear in not having all the information in, and then, oh my God, I'm getting this house. Now what? Mm -hmm. Now I got really have to scramble. So sometimes getting the property is uh, a little more hectic at that moment if you don't have all your ducks in a row beforehand. Mm -hmm. So how much does it change since you're doing so so much kind of like a mini underwriting right from the beginning? How much changes after you go under agreement? Like how much how much more documentation are they sending you after um, they they get the contract locked up?
3: Um, well, I I typically you know my underwriters usually like me and I'm married to an underwriter, so this is why I'm I'm a little different than plot than twist why, <laughs> <a> plot twist. <laughs> um, so this is this is why I'm I'm pretty nutty. Um, so I'm going to ask them for you're very basic to start. So let's just say for instance, you know, again, Dina calls me and she says, "We got to get this one in." And you know, if they can get me that documentation right then and there, then I'm going to ask for it. Um and then, you know, I'll simply, uh, I usually just ask for the beginning, right? We call them the twos. Two months bank statements, um last two mo- most recent pay stubs and your last two years of W2s. You know, so we call it the twos. Let's get all the twos. Once I get all of that, um, depending on, you know, how crazy, um, the day is or, or what's going on, you know, I do have an assistant and so he will pre underwrite it with me just like I would. And, you know, I am a little OCD. So, um, if you listen to this, I feel really bad, um, uh, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I'm a psycho. Um, but you know, I look at something the way the underwriter would, because if I, again, if I can catch it up front. I want to catch it. Um so that I can give proper expectations. So once I get call it those twos and if I see like someone depositing large lump sums of money I'm going to say where the heck did this come from? You know, we're going to need the documentation. And I feel like for me personally if I if I get so much of this myself, you know, there these these buyers that are nervous and scared and uncomfortable, if they're talking to the same person that they talked to from that very beginning, that they know me and they trust me and they think I'm half drunk on a Friday night at 8 p.m., then they're going to say like, oh, OK, this is great. Um, and they, <laughs> they, they like me and they, they feel like, OK, Ashley has it. Everything's under control. But if let's just say I ask for that bare minimum Underwriter is going to be pissed off um, and then the buyer is going to get upset because then they're asked for all this other documentation from a complete stranger later on in the process. And, you know, even if it's not even a big deal, they might be like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get the house. What do I do? Um, So I try to make that initial conversation and initial needs list after they go under contract as in depth as I possibly can. And I tell them, take four days to get me everything, you know, look at this list. And I make the list very detailed. And then I say, if you give me something, I might have additional questions. So I just want to give you that, you know, tidbit upfront. And then if I'm asking them for something else, they know that I already told them I would, and it's not a surprise, you know, so expectations are huge. Um, But I think, you know, in the process anyway, you know, once they get into inspe- inspections, they start to feel overwhelmed. So if I can get all of this before the inspections, then they go into inspections a little more relaxed. Um, and then the, the rest of the process can just kind of flow, you know, like a nice river going down the path. A
1: lazy <laughs>
0: river.
3: A, lazy, a river. lazy river. I
0: like a, a, boo- a boozy, lazy river. Oh.
3: That's my dream vacation <laughs> right there.
0: You see how we bring booze back to every. Yeah, bring it back. (laughs) So, um, Ashley, let me ask you this. Uh, Mm -hmm. For a typical nine to fiver, um, Mm -hmm. in the very beginning, um, you're gathering um, tax returns, bank statements. Let's get how far, how many times throughout this transaction are they going to have to resubmit bank statements? Or is it only if you see something that might flag, you know, beyond the writer? the underwriter's attention on one of the bank statements. So if you're gathering that stuff in the beginning and it's a 45 day close, how many times more are they going to have to resubmit bank statements?
3: It depends. So that's a little loaded, depending. Okay. So if they're getting a gift, we need to see the gift clearing. Um, If we're verifying their deposit money, we need to see it clearing. Um, So what I beg... Paychecks? No. No. No, as long as everything's within 30 days, um, you know, of closing, then we're good to go or 60 days of closing. I mean, there's sometimes like one-offs, you know, if I'm using year-to-date income because they had a huge decline and then I want to see an updated stub because I want to maximize, you know, how much income they have. You know, that's a situation where I might want to see it. Um, But most of the time, if they give me those bank statements up front, if they have enough funds that I don't have to verify the deposit checks, um all day good to go you know let's do, be one and done you know for me let's just say someone's buying a home for you know 300,000 they have you know 50 grand in the bank they only need 30,000 and i don't have to verify those deposit checks boom Get re- get out of my face. You know, like <laughs> let's just make this as easy as we can because, you know, who knows if mom, dad, aunt, uncle are going to give the money? And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? You know, and I try to give everyone that upfront, you know, talk too. If you're depositing money, you better ask. You know, um, if you're taking out money, you better ask. Don't run your credit. Ten percent off at Best Buy or anywhere else is not okay. Don't try and get furniture or you're gonna be laying on the floor anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, 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 that new car is not worth it. You're gonna be living in it. Like all of these, you know, terrible what ifs that can happen and you beg them not to do it. And there will be times that they do. Um because some, some people don't like to listen, like my children, um,
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you forget. Sometimes they forget. You know what I mean? Sometimes they yeah. forget they're in the middle of a transaction and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they go, you know, they go lease a car and they forgot mm-hmm. that they they were like close on debt to income or something like that. So with COVID, um, I know that before, uh, you know, let's just say 2019, the lender might verify employment, what, two weeks before settlement? But now, 10 days, but now what is it? Is it, is it the day before?
3: No. So there, there was a little bit of a wild ride for a little bit. Um, so from March till about, I want to say even just November, it had to be within two days, which was exhausting. And then jumbo loans, sometimes they wanted it the day of. So those were such a scramble, especially with so many people being remote work. Um, for us right now, and I might be lying, um, I think it's five days. Um, we flip back to five days rather than 10 days. Um, and I think we went to five. But we could possibly be back at 10.
0: Well, that's better than day of. What do you do if you have a 9 a.m. settlement and you have to verify day of?
3: We're not having a nine AM settlement. Yeah. A,
1: yeah,
0: afternoon settlements.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, especially on a Monday morning, I'm like, please no, please yeah. no, give me twelve. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Monday the Monday morning settlements have been super tough too, and you know every time. that's me too, having that same conversation, you know, with my realtors, (laughs) please don't do it at 9am. Um, but it stinks because honestly, everyone in the mortgage world and is working day and night. Like I'm seeing some of my closers sending out packages and instructions at 3am on a Saturday, you know, no, I wish I feel so bad for them. Like it's tough. You know, I, I know what like everyone in the, in the real estate world is up against. I mean, my husband, being an underwriter and he recently he got two promotions during covid so he is um awesome but that's, um, that's so cool i know he's great he um he's my back our top pocket find if anyone watches that um i forget what the name of that show is um i'm worse than Mackenzie on this one um, <laughs> 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 it's the one where they still haven't found any um any gold for like i think it's been like oh 10 my years god
0: I, I watched that show,
3: show. No, oak island,
2: island. Do, oak right? island yeah yes.
0: so my wife goes my wife hates it she's like what she's like uh what are hates they gonna find more wet wood this week and i'm like yeah pretty much i can't <laughs> wait
3: it's like a relationship a toxic relationship <laughs> where you can't get out of it it's the money
0: pit that's why but, it's called the money
3: pit yeah mm-hmm. the money pit. exactly but uh my husband he's been 16 hour days every day you know probably since january and there was a point in time where it was like both of us doing that and it was exhausting um but it's been nuts and i feel like you know the great mortgage companies out there and you know they're just pushing 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 and trying to get as many people as they can it's just it's tough right now with everything going on. And that's
0: okay. I mean, it's it's good to be busy. It's just that set mm-hmm. just like we talked about in the beginning, set the, set the expectations up front that you're not going to settlement in in 30 days. So 45 oh, days no. is fine. I mean, buyers can deal with a lot as long as they know that up front what they're getting yeah. into. It's when you you know, it's when things change especially at the very end. Yeah.
3: It's too much, you know. And I always say, you know, I'll be totally blunt and honest. I I hate giving bad news. I hate it. But you know, us too,
1: it, us too. It's
3: the worst, yeah. you know. And it, there's been there's been like two times where I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm dreading making that call. But the more I dread it, the worse my day gets. So it took me probably like the first two years of my career where. I'd be like, I don't want to do it, but you have to. And it's like the second you get it off your chest, you feel better. But if you let it wait is when it gets significantly worse. So it's like, if I have something go wrong, I'm calling everyone right away. I, I want it off my back. And I think the more time you give to, to give that expectation of, you know, we didn't see this coming, but here we are, you know, um, if we can give it it with as much advance as possible, then it makes just everything significantly better.
1: Absolutely, stop the bleeding immediately. Just oh, like, please figure stop it the out. bleeding. Yeah, yes, <laughs> totally. We, we can under we understand. I mean, I can relate to that. Multiple offers or just you know uh, inspection negotiations not working out in your favor. All those kinds of things. Well, I I dread those conversations. Um, but it definitely makes you. better at what you do
3: yeah like
1: you know you
3: get better at it i think
1: yeah hell yeah i don't know this has been a wild year and the fact that like you guys are like just slammed and sending out documents at 3 a.m i mean people don't know that people don't know like Mm -mm. your process it's so fat it's fascinating i mean i mean i don't know
3: i'm a mortgage geek yeah you know this (laughs) Tina. like i am such a mortgage geek. Like, (laughs) I love knowing like the reasons why and and everything behind it. And it's due to my husband that I know so much, but it it makes me so much better to know it all. And, you know, I think I am a know it all as well. But I feel like once you understand like the reason why and, you know, Bill, to his point, you know, his friend was saying it's because of COVID. Well, what because of COVID though? Like, you know, like I had the one time a title company, we had ordered title over a month and I still didn't have it. And I had said to the realtor, I said, I'm sorry, but I I don't know what you want me to do. I still don't have it. You know, it's just kind of like setting that expectation. And then the buyer's getting mad. And I said, well, counties are closed due to COVID. We've been sending the request, like give reasons behind it. Totally. Yeah. And not just because of COVID, because I think we're all sick of hearing that, you know? Absolutely. Um, I I could say, oh, because I was drunk last night, Um, back to the alcohol. But (laughs) (laughs) I think just like giving reason and understanding like what's going on behind the scenes, you know, it's best to, to give all the reasons why, or if something did change, why? Give as much detail as you can. Absolutely.
0: Ashley, thank you so much for being here. And I am sure we will have more lender questions for you in the future. So uh, maybe you can join us for the our happy hour fun portion as well.
3: I can't wait.
1: Yeah. Ash, real quick. What's your email address? Where can people find you?
3: So they can find me. It's my first name, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, the regular way, period. And then Michio, M-I-C-H-I-O at movement.com. Or if they Google me, I'm therealmortgagemom.com.
1: Love it. Love <laughs> it. Well, thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you, Ashley. See you. Bye. Bye.
0: Let's get back to uh, our beverages. Mackenzie, how, where are you in this beer? Are you done?
2: Um, I'm like halfway through.
0: All right. Give, give us an update. It's
2: still good. I think it gets better as you continue to drink it. And I think that's... I mean, it's the taste of it. I think the taste is good, but I also think that's the 11% alcohol, you know?
0: That always helps, makes things go down smoother. Dina, did you like, did, so you just had this for the first time this week? Yeah,
1: I did. Um, th- well, Thanksgiving, yeah, for the first time.
0: Oh, yep. Thanksgiving. So was it like a pre-dinner oh God, drink? it was
1: like pre-lunch,
2: Bill. Right, you wasn't know? the dog show at like 11 a.m.?
1: Yes. <laughs> I, but here's the thing. I was talking about this last night with Mayor, and she was like, uh, we were debating about what time I had this beer because she swears it was early. It was like brunch. And I'm like, no way. I was looking at the clock. Like I'm not drinking before noon on Thanksgiving. I just can't. And she's like, "Mm, you were drinking early. And I'm like, okay. So, but I believe her because she's usually right. And that's just the story of my life. But like (laughs) she claims (laughs) because it's so funny. I, uh, you guys, I love pumpkin pie. Okay. With all my heart. She does not like it. I, I know.
0: Oh, did you talk about that before? Well, you here's got the thing, Bill.
1: You know, I don't remember. Okay, uh-huh. I don't recall. And she oh, also, okay. we've talked about this. She doesn't drink coffee, which is my oh, first my love. God. You Steve know what I mean? Right too. Um, but she calls coffee dirt water. Oh. So that's the ongoing. She's like, it's dirt water. I'm like, you know what? You're right. However. <laughs>
0: time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Where where did she get know, that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm dead serious because you know what's crazy? Here, here's what's funny about that. Does, I mean, did she go to Italy? Like, she travels she travel a lot. In She's does never she, been to Italy she, though, but okay. she,
1: she travels a lot. She's been.
0: So he, here's something interesting with that. So my friend uh, who is first generation here, like his parents were born in Italy, and I was with him, and he had some friends from Italy in uh, in the states, and we were hanging out. And they call our coffee Aqua Sparco, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. dirty water. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I was wondering where she got that because you know that they, they drink yeah. espresso, right, and cappuccino, and ours is all watered down, or like if you go to Starbucks, you get Amer- Amer- Americano, which is an espresso all with all that yeah. extra water. And I was wondering if that's where she. Got
1: um, it. I wish. It was a beautiful story like that, <laughs> 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 but I, um, you know,
2: unfortunately, it's not. It's just I feel um, like I've heard coffee been called that, but maybe, maybe that was from Mary's head. Like maybe she started that. She may have. Um, I'm not going to give her the credit.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, go ahead.
0: So. I'm sorry. Has she been drinking good coffee? Or does she no, like no. espresso? No, no, though? no, no, does no. She, like she
1: doesn't drink caffeine. Period. I, you guys. Why? I don't know. Because she's an alien. I don't know. How does she like? like she's stay from Mars. I don't know. I don't know. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because she doesn't eat it. She's just fueled. You does know. She
2: take like seven naps a day. Nope. No. That's
1: so no. crazy. Yeah, and and.
0: Well, caffeine is one caffeine and coffee is one of those things where if you never start it you're probably yeah. better off not being addicted to caffeine. I get that, but I just Me love too. coffee. Like I mean I couldn't I'd rather be addicted to the caffeine oh. and have coffee than than be healthy and not be addicted <laughs> Me and too. never you're have missing coffee.
1: missing out on so many things. It, it, it there's coffee has improved my life in so many ways. Like I've met so many people in this city it was my first job was in the coffee the world i made all my friends it brought me like you know it opened up the city to me however also it's the first thing i think about in the morning as lame as that sounds it's like i'm i'm so excited to make coffee sit down enjoy a cup, you know, read the news, whatever. It sets me up for my day. It brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. As corny as that sounds, it's the truth. And then, you know, you it's know what I mean? It's not corny
0: at all. That's, what, that's exactly it's what same. gets me out of bed.
1: So, and I'm an early bird, typically. I mean, COVID, everything's a blur. Like, have I been sleeping in a little later? Yes. Um, but <laughs> like, you know, uh, but coffee, man, it's like, that's the one consistent thing thread through all this for me one of the main ones but anyway like so getting back to the pumpkin pie you guys
2: right right right
1: she my second love pumpkin pie she doesn't like pumpkin pie she likes apple pie which is cool because i'll eat that too because i'll eat anything because i'm a garbage person but i woke up i don't really cook i don't really bake does she not like pumpkin like the flavor of pumpkin i don't know we should bring her on and ask her yeah, can you um,
2: call her into the room right now. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've been
0: summoned. So. Um, you know, but I think, but I think, I don't know, Mackenzie. I, I think, I don't think you need to like pumpkin to like pumpkin mm-hmm. pie, right? I mean, I don't, I don't eat pumpkin no. anywhere else. Yeah. I don't think. Well, I like pumpkin beers. Do. Don't you get me do. wrong. That's that's my that's my probably my first favorite, and then the Christmas beers. Are but yo,
1: food. I don't even dr- I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes. Honestly, I don't. I can't. Uh uh, -uh. No, I I don't need it. It's it's really just the pie. But what about you, Kenzie? You were saying something.
2: I was saying, I feel like there are other things. um, There's like a pumpkin roll. You can have pumpkin and like cookie. There are other pumpkin things. So if she doesn't like pumpkin in general, I would understand that. But like if you like different pies, if you like an apple pie, then why don't you like a pumpkin pie if it's not the pumpkin flavor? Is it like the texture?
1: It might be. Yeah, it might be because maybe it doesn't compare to an apple pie in her right, mind. That's, right? That's pretty crumbly. It's the original, yeah. So, but for me, my whole life, like straight up, my favorite pie, cake, whatever, is pumpkin pie. Always has been. Always will be. It's my wow. favorite.
2: Do you have that and for then, birthdays? Wow.
1: Um, I usually have a tiramisu, or I have mm. like a some sort of like a peanut butter chocolate cake. My mother always asks leading up to our birthdays, like, all right, what cake you want? What do you want? What do you want? And it's usually Tiramisu or some sort of peanut butter chocolate situation. Um, Mm. But I made my first pumpkin pie this year on my own table for one. Like (laughs) I've only eaten two slices out of this thing because Mare won't eat it. But I woke up early and I was like, I better get in the kitchen early because she's going to be cooking up a storm. And I can't expect her to make this dessert that she's not going to eat. Like that's not right. So I, uh, it's I made it, and it's probably the easiest thing I've ever made, aside from like a peanut butter and jelly. It is so easy to make a pumpkin pie, you guys. I never realized until I had was to do it, it myself. Was it good? Yes. Okay. Delish. Yeah, Ken's. You could totally do it. What were you saying,
0: Bill? I was gonna say. You know what's easier than making a pumpkin pie? Eating
1: one. Buying one. <laughs> <laughs> Buy. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah i mean but but like what else is there to do right now like you know you're not really going anywhere maybe you are but like at t- this year is the best year to like try and make yeah. it yourself try and diy you're that not, shit listen
0: if you're telling me you're making pumpkin pie rather than watch some stupid tv show that's that's awesome that's you, it. you know what i mean like you use your time wisely but wait Mackenzie, what how's your coffee game right now because mm-hmm. we were talking about coffee what what are you doing for coffee
2: um Okay, we can talk about that. I, uh, am <laughs> Do you want to be in the trio? We, we have need your to permission. Know what your game is okay.
0: <laughs> well, we were talking about coffee. I I know where Dean is at, and you and you both mm-hmm. know where I'm at. I sent you the video of me making coffee, and I feel like Mackenzie Mackenzie's coffee game might it's be. Gonna, like, you're going to
2: say weak? Were you going to say weak? Bill, I was improvement. Say- <laughs> <Root> for Improvement. <laughs> yeah. Potential. Um, like where are you at? I don't have any fancy machines. I will say that I uh, at the start of quarantine, I um, started buying like cold brew uh, pre-ground bags that I would just set in water and get the extract um, from this place in like New Orleans or something called Grady's Cold Brew.
3: Um, okay. And
2: I was doing that. The it, it was like smoky flavored almost. And I don't know if I really liked that, but I just like kept doing it because I was like, why not? Um because i was a huge iced coffee drinker cold brew Mm -hmm. drinker i know they're different um and then as the the temperatures dropped a little bit i think i've started to get more into hot coffee and i uh go to trader joe's every week so i get um i think it's a like colombian blend or something but i got i get like the keurig cups like hot coffee Okay. I, I, know, I know, I know. I've heard enough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I also get uh Trader tra- 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 okay. just has has cold brew uh extract that I get. Sometimes if I'm in the mood for like a cold brew instead of something hot. Mm-hmm. That'll drink as well. I know the Keurig mm-hmm. is, but I don't have any I don't have any other gadgets. <laughs> that's that's what it is. You know what? There's no excuse to turn a Keurig
1: Okay. <laughs> I re-
0: Mackenzie, I was making coffee with a filter <laughs> and a screen I got from Home Depot, and pouring hot water over the screen. And there's a baby in a tap. Like house, Jabroni okay? in a cave.
2: I um. Okay, okay. This is going to be a controversial, controversial statement. I uh, hear people that think it tastes like oh, dirt boy. water because oh, I like God. to add. Oh, oh, wait, hang on, everyone, hang on, too. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I like to add creamer, not not to the amount that it's just like I'm drinking milk because I think that's disgusting, but I definitely like flavor in there. Like I could never drink it black. That's fine. Okay.
1: That's fine. That's so, okay. I mean,
2: well, I think but I think when you add creamer, you lose the coffee taste a little bit, so it doesn't really matter.
0: I agree. I actually agree with yeah,
1: you. Yeah, I, I mean, we were saying Yeah, and you do that for Bill and I, I will say it's a case-by-case basis. It depends on where you are, where you're getting the coffee from, and what you put into it. By choice, Bill, tell me if I'm wrong, but we prefer to drink it black if it's good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But like yeah, absolutely. if you're drinking Keurig coffee, y- you better be putting something in it because I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, you no, no. Help, I, right? I <laughs> hear <life>. you. <laughs> I hear you.
2: I think, I think of keurig which i get is low on the totem pole i think the trader joe's keurig cups are actually pretty well done maybe
1: they are i mean trader joe's is like maybe exceptional in general um, Right. i feel like
2: they, it, that couldn't really steer me wrong okay but
1: here's my question i'm top McCazzy. notch what?
2: of the keurig game okay go ahead what's your question that
1: is nothing to be proud of <laughs> okay <laughs> i to imagine it no no what what is holding you back is it the, is it because it's, it's, that's like on demand coffee. You just yeah, pop yeah, Keurig, you know, and you're good. But like, what,
2: it, what really is it? Um, I, It's not the time. I, I think I just like haven't, I've never been like, oh, I should splurge and get like a really nice coffee maker. But
1: I don't I think, think you need to splurge, honestly. Cool,
2: cool. So I really, really, really like lattes. And I think mm-hmm. if I were to get anything, I would want to get an espresso maker. Cause I used to work in a coffee shop as well. And I like, I like espresso. I like steaming milk. I like doing all of that stuff. So I think it's like, in my head, you either go big or you go home, and have a You mm-hmm. go bigger, you yeah. go to Keurig. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm going to trademark that. Cause okay. honestly, that rhymed and they might, <laughs> they might want that.
2: Um, okay. Keurig is our next sponsor, by the way. Keurig.
0: (laughs) Keurig and audible. We'll take
1: it. We'll take it. The two most important things.
2: Actually, they go together, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They go together. You know, back in the day when you used to be able to walk into like uh, Barnes and Noble and get a book and coffee. Oh, right.
1: Those days were great. Barnes and Noble. What a what a throwback.
2: Right to completely like <laughs> round out Bill's life, our third sponsor would have to be like a cigar company or something. It better be, you know, <laughs>
1: you know, cigars in the heat with a hot coffee. Cigars in
2: the heat,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? Well,
0: listen, when you when you love something, you're not worried about you know outside. It's an aesthetic. You suffer through heat. It's an aesthetic.
2: Not a good one, deep, but it that is one.
0: I, I think I I think I think told you, I was sitting on the corner, second of market, no, third of market, outside of that OCF coffee shop. Uh-huh. And it had to be 95 degrees, and I had a steam. <laughs> I was the only person drinking <laughs> a hot coffee. Couldn't figure out how all these people were really enjoying themselves. thought they were baking it.
2: Like, this is brutal out here. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny that's even that's- crazier to me that you would go to a coffee shop and order hot coffee in five degree weather.
0: Yeah. Well, I, this goes back to the other thing where I didn't realize the cold brew existed. I thought they just took coffee and threw oh, ice cubes no. in it. And I would say, I don't want my coffee watered down what, with water. What, what, it doesn't yeah. make I any say. sense. Right. Yeah. 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 The dirty water. So I didn't know. I didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whatever. All right, ladies, I am finished my beverage. I want your full report. Dina, okay. you go first. Mad Elf.
1: I finished mine rather quickly. Mad Elf. Um, thank you for that beer. It's delicious. Uh, Troggs, you're wonderful. Philly-based brewery. Well, not Philly-based, PA-based. Um, I, I, it's really good. It's a really nice beer. I'm a fan. I'll drink it again. I'll drink it again and again and again and again.
0: Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mackenzie?
2: Um, I have like two sips left because I was really pacing myself because we all know how I reacted to an 8% beer. So (laughs) 11 was (laughs) nerve wracking, (laughs) I think, for everyone. Um, It is really good. I think I hate hops. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. That's so funny because you've been talking about hops for 13 episodes, had no idea what they were till episode 12, and then realized on episode 14, you know what? I actually hate that. Right. Yes.
2: I, I also, this is like a um, honey and cherry, right? That's the flavoring. Mm-hmm. Did I read the can right?
0: Mm-hmm. i don't I don't know I mean I taste I don't know why, but I taste bananas interesting bananas. oh' I don't cool, know. yeah, okay, just like a, not not overwhelming, but just like in the background that's kind of what i get I definitely
2: by. like the fruity flavor, and I do think it is very holiday like it definitely feels like holiday, sure beer. Mm-hmm. um which I think is so interesting that they can do with flavoring, you know what I mean yeah,
0: yeah it's it's really cool, so like in other words, you're not pounding no. this beer. This beer, like, I have one. Matter of fact, me and Sheena usually split one. I drink mine out of a wine glass, okay, because it's 11%. I kind of treat it like it puts me in the mind frame of drinking I love it that. slow. And I, I texted Dina a picture that I took tonight so that you could use that. But that's how I pour it, and I mean Sheena split it. And then if we want another one, we'll split that one. But usually we'll do one and then move on to wine or something else. But, um. Yeah. You're not pounding it. It's like, it's like one, two yes. at the most, like you're not going to, and it's just perfect that it's around the holidays. Cause it, it, you know, it's probably the packaging too that reminds you of Christmas, but I love, that's why I'm always in the seasonal beer because it it makes yeah. it special. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it like, it's only coming around right now. You got to have it and then yeah. it's gone. And I, type of I, thing. I
2: will say before we um, started recording, Bill sent, dina and i a video that he's been sending us multiple times (laughs) uh, prior of how to pour a beer because i definitely didn't know how to do it i did it the way that he showed in the beginning which was the wrong way in the video um so i did it the way that he said and i i usually get very bloated after beer because i feel like it's so heavy And I definitely don't feel like that. And I think it's because I poured it the way that he said to pour it.
1: Wow, two successes.
0: That's unbelievable. That's (laughs) awesome. Because I'm so I'm so happy. So because yeah, you're releasing the carbonation, the CO two in the glass and not your belly. So and then it releases other flavors and Ken, yes, you did it. Remember, you used to make you used to make fun of me when I would chew my beverage, and you'd like I, I could hear you chewing yeah. it. I'm like I'm trying to get all the I flavors in there. I want to taste uh-huh. it. But what's cool is like this is what I was trying to explain to both of you, like how I like my beer more malty, less hoppy. This is more of a Belgian style. Like these are my like I like I forget the name of the company. Is it Ferg Fergly's or something like that? But they make a beer called Rudolph, okay. which is awesome, too. It's so good. It's a little less sweet than this. And then the the other beer that I texted you guys that had, like, it was more spicy. It was like a spicy okay. Christmas.
1: Spicy Christmas. Sounds like a party. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> spicy Christmas. Spicy about? Christmas. Here we go. Dude. I Yeah. Southern, southern
0: tier. tier. It was Southern. Southern Tier makes a two... Tu- the name of its Southern two Tier experts. just takes
1: care and of that's you, Bill, a really good because film. you got your pumpkin, you oh, got your Xmas. Uh, yeah, like, where else yeah. do you need? Yeah, what do you? Here's my question. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you well, drink? Yeah. in the summer, like what beer wise?
0: So, yeah, beer wise, I like um, I like Sam Summer. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sam. Adams, well, you're yeah. a seasonal beer guy. That's you. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. kind of cool yeah. because. You're embracing basically the entire umbrella of what beer like is. You're not just like I'm gonna drink a Miller Light no matter what time it is, no matter what day it is. You Like no, you know I what I mean
0: you're I missing out? Can't, can't. I think I think yeah, I think Mackenzie's in the Miller. No, uh, <laughs> ew. No, I thought you were. I thought you were pounding Miller Light in like,
2: college. Not now, when I actually like oh, like okay. the taste All of them.
0: Well, I have. I mean, listen. I have friends. Me that too. That's all they drink. Matter of fact, Phil, who was just on, Phil just he drinks. That's all he drinks. He drinks high oh, life. No, no, no. Him and me. Kevin. You met Kevin. Mackenzie met my friend Kevin. Yeah. That's all they drink mm-hmm. all day. They will not drink you anything. You can't
2: be else. considered a, a real. This is coming from me, so this is hilarious. But you can't be considered a <laughs> real beer drinker if that's what you drink consecutively. And you try okay. I see you're on
1: corners, you're, you're you're. You know what I mean. You're not even. <laughs> Looking at the whole thing, like
2: I mean, also coming from me so, <laughs>
1: hey, you're <laughs> a beer drinker, it sounds like you're like, right. okay, I know I'm you're so fancy. yeah, now. you're looking at your palate, you're understanding it, and you're like, mm, yeah, hops can suck it. I'm not drinking that, I don't like that <laughs> like. That's kind I of love wonderful.
0: it. I love it. Do you know how much how much fun that is for me now to, to get to point her to beers that are not hoppy? It's so funny. Like thinking back about all the other episodes where she talked about <laughs> <laughs> it. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah, you can go back but, in our uh,
2: uh, episode history because I like put out all of the <laughs> drinks that we had and see all that I drank and they're probably all just like super hoppy.
1: Damn, this is going to open it up because now you're actually going to drink stuff you... That like. makes sense for you <laughs> that you'll like, and you can genuinely review them.
2: Yeah, guys.
0: I got an idea. So after the holiday, I'm gonna drop off. I'll drop you each off a, a uh, um, chamay blue. Remember, <gasps> I remember, I was talking about that. I'll drop you a Wolf Brewery because that's that I, was the beer that got me. That that totally. Shifted me to be like, oh my god, beers amazing. <laughs> Before that, I thought it was more Light, and I was like, oh my god, I'm missing. There's some missing something, <laughs> yeah. dude.
1: Let's drink Chateau Blue. Let's do it for yeah, 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 yeah. Let's Absolutely. do it for from- the yeah,
0: after after the holidays. Yeah. I still have <laughs> I still have plenty of uh, Mad Elf and Rudolph and uh, Southern Tier for <laughs> Christmas. Oh my god, holiday. I can't. But wait. once we get through it, we'll we'll do Chateau Blue, or I'll start. We'll start doing some Belgian stuff.
2: I love it. I love it. I'm in
0: all right cool all right cool so we wrapped up mad out mad off i'm glad you both liked it all right ladies thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it
2: it's on instagram at uh home collective happy hour we're also now on spotify so that's exciting and uh all of the episodes are also on phillyhomecollective.com slash
1: boom
0: all right slash
2: podcast
0: Sounds good, ladies. Thank you so much. Let's do this again next week. Let's do it.
1: Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Ken. Bye. Bye, See you guys.